welcome to the month of August, first um, Sunday in the month of August. You know, God has been so, so good to us. Let's look at um, Psalm 45. Psalms 45. Say, many, O Lord. Yeah, King Nick KJV, thank you. Say, many, O Lord, many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you've done and your total us cannot be recounted to you in order. You know, you can see us coming to give testimony and we're trying to weave the world together, the story together. You don't even know when this happened. You, know, you don't know the sequence of the events. You can't even recall. I'm sure if, you, if, if I ask you what happened in the last 10 years, you know, exactly 10 years ago, you might not be able to tell of how good God has been to you. We cannot recount them in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more that can be numbered. Like the song, if I have 10,000 of tongues, they just can't be enough. Amen. For what God has done in our lives. I think what's just needed is just that ability to think deeply. And when you begin to think you know, maybe when you were born, you were not even aware enough to know how God saved you. But now that you're an adult, you can tell when you see your children running around, they don't even have that awareness of danger or risk. And you now see what God has taken you through. Your school days, many of your maids must have been dropped out, must have been, may have died. But here you are today. Many will have gotten mental issues. We're not trying to mock them, but we're just trying to cite an example to sort of propel that thanksgiving attitude in us. But let's look at that same scripture. Today is thanksgiving service, but God wants us to talk about something very deep. 7 to 8, that same scripture, verse 7 to 8. 7 to 8, say, then I said, behold, I come. You know, David has talked about how good God has been to him. And he said, Then I said, Behold, I come, and the scroll of the book, it is written of me. Eight. I delight to do your will, O oh my God, and your law is within my heart. Most Thanksgiving services, we want to dance, we want to appreciate God for what he's done for us, which is good. And I want to say that another way to thank God, to show appreciation, is what he said in 8. I delight, because that's what David was saying. He said all about those stuffs, good stuff that God has done for him. He then said, I delight to do your will, oh my God, and your law is within my heart. I give a very practical example. When you invest in your children, when you give them something good, it's great when they come prostrating in my culture as a Yoruba person, they prostrate, they thank you, oh, thank you, daddy, thank you, mommy. That's fine. But how would you feel if that child goes about, maybe you've invested in his education, You've paid for the school fees, expensive one, and it comes back with a very bad and woeful result. 
the earlier appreciation of prostrating and all that won't make any meaning to you, will it? That's exactly what we're digging into this morning. Good deeds. As a way of appreciating God's goodness in your life. So one of the ways we show appreciation is to delight in the will of God and to do according to his law. And one of those wills of God is good deeds. And some people will call it good works. Amen. As a recipient of God's grace, we are called to delight in the will of God as we read in that scripture and keep his law in our hearts as an expression of gratitude. You're grateful to God when you do what he wants you to do. It isn't just the dancing. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. Dancing to the Lord and we, we teach that, we encourage that. There are Bible references that support you dancing, referencing God, you know, in your singing, in your clapping, in your shouting. But another aspect to it is doing what he wants. He gladdens his heart. So God is happy for every investment is made upon your life. One of those greatest investments is the salvation of your soul. Amen. It saved you. So that you can abound in good works. Amen. Someone say good works. So now, you know, this common saying that you're not saved for no reason. You're saved for a reason. God has shown you his grace and mercy for a reason. Let's look at First uh, Peter 2.9. It says, called us out of darkness into his marvelous life. So we can show forth his praise. Who has called us for a reason? We're saved for a reason. The power of God in your life, the Holy Spirit that accompanies you, is for a reason. The power of God you carry as a believer is for a reason. In fact, a life as a Christian is a life full of responsibility. If we look at the scripture, it's charging us every now and then. As a Christian, you're not just allowed to be saved and then sleep and fold your hands and do nothing. You are birthed into the life of responsibility. Amen. Even as minister, as pastor, you won't see any pastor who says, oh yeah, just pastoring, he has no trouble, he has no challenge, he has no responsibility. For every gift, for every grace, for every investment of God in your life is for a purpose is for you to respond in some way to what God has deposited in your life. And I pray that the appropriate response, Holy Spirit will help us to give to the calling of God upon our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. That's the example of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Acts 10, 38. Example of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's a good example, a very good example. You can't get it wrong. You know, you can use you can use men of God. You can you can, you can get it wrong sometimes, but when you use Jesus, you can't get it wrong. And it says, "How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth." Very popular scripture, with the Holy Spirit and power. He then did what? He went about doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The God's presence in your life is for a reason, like I've said. 
the Lord Jesus Christ was anointed with Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good. We, we, we knew as Bible scholar the accounts of the goods that Jesus was. He was always moved with compassion to help. To help. Amen. So, so the proof of anointing and the Holy Spirit of God in your life is the power that pushes you, that propels you to do good works, to do good deeds. In fact, it's, it's, a, it's a simple way of examining ourselves. It's a simple way of testing the power of God in our lives. It's a simple way of testing the Spirit of God in our lives. If you claim to be born again, if you claim to be saved, if you claim to be carrying the power of God, and nothing propels you to do good, nothing propels you to help, nothing propels you to stand against unrighteousness and evil, I, I think I can comfortably say that you need to check that salvation you're claiming. You need to check that status you're claiming as a child of God. It would, it would definitely propel you. It would definitely, it would push you. you. You're just looking for an avenue to do good. You're just looking for an avenue to help. And you feel so good. You feel so satisfied anytime you're able to render a help. No matter how small. And sometimes, look, let, let's get this right. Not until you're able to buy a house or you're able to buy a car for someone that you're doing good. There must be something within your capacity that you can do to fulfill the scripture about doing good. Good works, good deeds. I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see how God has invested in us spiritually and what should be our proper response. It's a long scripture, but we'll just read it together. And I said, for some of us who have not even had time to open, you know, Bible during the week, it's a good time. So um, we'll, we'll just read this together so you can claim that you've read Bible this week. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So Second Peter. Second Peter. Two. 3 to 11, 2 Peter 2, 2 Peter 2, 3 to, verses 3 to 11. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive word for a long time, their judgment. Mm. Is the scripture talking about, um, is the second Peter or first one? It's talking about um, is that two, three, two? According to his divine power, Bible scholar, please let me find it out. According to his divine power, he has given unto us things that pertain to life and godliness. It's the first Peter. Through the knowledge of him that has called us unto his glory and virtue. Let's, let's, let's try first. Let's try first Peter. Second Peter one three, okay. Second, sorry. Second Peter one three. That's right. Thank you, MC. 
As divine power, so we 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 scan through this um, truth to eleven quickly. As the divine power that's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who has called us by His glory and virtue. Okay, by which you've been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. We're talking about our salvation, you know, the divine nature that God has given us, the Holy Spirit of God has given us. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. In fact, we preach about lust this morning. But also for this very reason, given all diligence, then this is it. Add to your faith's virtue. You know, we're talking about all of those loveless you know, spiritual gifts. You can speak in tongues, you have gifts, you can prophesy. He said to all of that, add virtue, discipline. You know, if we talked about virtue, discipline, doing things right. Virtue, knowledge. Six, to knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. Seven, to godliness, brotherly kindness. It's part of doing good. Amen. Kindness. I heard some people who have um, who, who have choices of jobs now. They picked one. Please share details of others with people. Amen. Share details. Don't keep it to yourself. Amen. Kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and are bound, you will be neither barren. And that, that, that's what I was talking earlier on about. Just, just fulfill the scripture. Leave the rest. If you're able to do all of that, then you'll be rest assured. There's sometimes, I was talking to someone during the week, there's sometimes that you're going through, but because you've examined yourself, have I got it wrong anywhere? And you've been able to boldly say, Lord, I've done what you want me to do. At that point, you're just going to leave it to God because you know definitely God will come through for you. You've, you've done your best. And th that's the place of grace as well. You know, sometimes our best might not be the, might, might, might not be good enough for God because he said all our righteousness are like filthy right. But thank God for his grace that will always speak for us. All that is needed is our best effort. Have you, have you put in your best efforts? Have you put in your best ever? Some, some, some people, you know, regret not coming to church every Sunday. And I said to them, look, you've got to pay bills. You've got the rotor before you. And it's asking you to work on Sunday. Yeah. As long as a pastor is not going to pay your bill. But have you done your best effort when you are now free to come to church? Have you managed to come to church? And when you're not working on Thursday, even though you cannot make Sunday service, have you tried to join the Bible study on Thursday? Once you've done your best effort, then you can leave rest to God. He then said, you will never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes some of the prayers would do, Lord, let's just get things done. And that, that, that's my own take. That's my own principle about serving God. You know, sometimes if you get the foundation wrong, regardless of prayers you make, you will just be praying and miss because you've got things wrong. And that's why in the churches as well, when you preach after the, after your own teaching and all of that, you call for the altar. I mean, make altar call to allow people to give their life to Jesus because that's the basis. 
That's the foundation. Once you get that right, then we're talking about all of the spiritual principle, you know, building the blo- I mean the building blocks that come together to form a strong, you know, spiritual structure in you. Amen. For for you who lacks these things, is short-sighted even to the blindness and has forgotten that it was cleansed from his old sin. It's simply saying you, you it, it would be doubtful if you say you're saved and all of those things are not in place. I'm, I'm just going to give one more scripture that if you truly believe in God, if you're truly a believer, let's see what God says. Um, Titus 3, 8. Titus 3, 8. Is that the right pronunciation? Titus. <laughs> Amen. Titus 3, 8. This is faithful saying, like pure truth. As that's what this is. Look, this, this is the truth. And all these things I want you to affirm constantly. Affirm it constantly. That those who have believed in God. This this is a scripture for me. Those who have believed in God should be careful. Someone say careful. To maintain good works. Those who believe in God. Those who believe in God. They should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men because of our time. I think the message, you know, sometimes I just like it when it's straightforward. It's straightforward, you know. I can, I, I can hard flesh and you know dramatize it. And, but the the, the the straight truth is, if you believe in God, then you should be delightful in doing good works. Maybe there will be another service that would now, and I'm sure we know good works. And I was teaching about conscience a while ago. There's no pretense about it in the church. If you're doing good, you know you're doing good. If you're hurting someone, you know you're hurting someone. You might pretend about it. If you're lying, you know you're lying. You, the, the conscience is telling you when, you're, when you have the capacity to help and you're not doing it, you know and you go about, you know, mocking that person. You go about, you know, saying evil about that person. Amen. I know some of us are a bit, you know, constrained to hell because of our experiences and all of that. But just do your bit. Just do your bit. Because the Bible says that. And I'm just going to go, you know, straight to tell us three good reasons why it's good to, to engage in good deeds. Why it's good to, it's rewarding. Someone say it's rewarding. You, you feel good about it. You feel, you feel joyful. Can I have a witness in the house? When you, when you do good, it, it feels sweet. You, you feel that you've been able to help. If you truly, you know, a son and a daughter of God, you feel, you feel great. And maybe there's something you could have done for someone that you haven't done. That's a message for you. This is a message for you. And I, there's something I like if you have, you know, listened to me um, a couple of times. I like practicals. Not just coming and, you know, get all of this theory in our heads about doing good. But this, if there's anything that God is just laying in your hands to do for someone 
Pick it up. When I was preparing for this message, I was like, you know, we're saying we're transformed by God's love. We, we, we build one another. And we're imparting our, 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 our community, our nations. A young church, you know, for, for the business guys amongst us, vision does not mean it's happening right now. Okay, it's a lofty idea, vision that we want to achieve. There's some of them that is happening right now. And imparting our community and nations will get there at some point. And I was thinking, there's some people in homes, age homes, you know, people who don't even know next meal. Can we not get something together as a church? Our parent church is really big on this. You know, CSR, you know, this corporate world, this business people, they know all of this biblical principle. They do it. They do it. And I don't know what is lacking amongst us Christians. You know, old people homes, you know, back in Nigeria, back every, anywhere we know, you know, the poorest of the poorest country. You know, a hundred pounds gathered from the church are sent to places like, do you know how far it can go? doing good. And you know what you're doing? You are investing in your future. Someone has come on this altar and said how her father invested so much in other people's. And she's, she's saying that all that she's enjoying today can be attributed to what her father has done. And I'm sure same story can be for so many of us here that some things we're enjoying today must have been as a result of what our fathers, what our forefathers must have done. So whatever you're doing today, you might not reap it immediately, sharp, sharp. Where's Pastor Friday? It might not, <laughs> it might not be sharply, sharply, yeah? but you're investing in the future of your children. And so shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, it's rewarding. Someone says it's rewarding. It's a good investment, like I just explained. You're banking it. Has everyone, has anyone heard about that banking? When you're banking hours, you know, you're not losing it. When you're investing money, the bankers say, when you're investing money, you know, you're, you, Mr. A is investing, Mr. B is spending everything. When B is spending everything, he's living large. But when, you're, when A is investing, it's tough. You know, investment time is tough. But by the time it yields, by the time it's getting the returns, it becomes so enjoyable. That is exactly what it is. Some of the things you're doing is an investment. You're banking it. Definitely you will reap it. And that's what, what, that's what the word of God says. Your labor of love. Sometimes it could be laboring. Sometimes it could be challenging. Sometimes you're sharing. And I said to people, it's not easy to maintain friendship. It's not easy to maintain friendship. It's not easy to maintain family tie. In fact, it would be a lot easier to live a lone ranger on your own. You're doing nothing with anyone. It's, it's so easy. But when you're investing in friendship, when you're investing in family tie, as we do as a church, it's an investment. Is an investment. You're banking it. Amen. Let's let's just look at a scripture to um to 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 buttress that. And First Timothy 6, 18 to 19. First Timothy um 6, 18 to 19. First Timothy 6, 18 to 19. Let as many let, let them do good. 
that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Storing, yeah, 19, thank you. Storing up for themselves a good foundation. Someone say a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Amen. And the second reason, the first reason is rewarding. It's rewarding in the sense that it's a good investment. Amen. The second reason why it's good to do good is the Father, it brings joy, it brings glory to the Father. And that's the part that connects with thanksgiving. It gives glory to the Father. Amen. Matthew, let's say Matthew um, 5, 6. Very, very popular scripture as well. Matthew 5, 6. Matthew 5, 6. Matthew 5, 6. I'll be rounding up shortly. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and test for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5, 6. Um, the scripture I'm looking at is um, the one that says, um, let your light so shine that they may see your good works. 516. 516. Yeah, 516. I've got 516. Okay, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Someone say good works. Good works. Good works. And glory. And it says what? When they see, they will do what? They will glorify your Father in heaven. Good works. In fact, our evangelism, our effort to reach out, we're preaching to people, should be with good works. That should be the first steps we would take. Take the first steps of good work first. People would definitely listen to that message. Amen. But you go in there and, you know, it's all about condemnation. If you don't give your life, you will be rotten in jail and all of Nobody's going to, especially this time, nobody's going to listen to you. Let them see your good works so that they may give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. And I'm going to leave us with this. Hebrews 10, 20, Hebrews 10, 24. Hebrews 10, 24. Hebrews 10, 24. Hebrews 10, 24. Let's, let's, let's read this together. Let's read this together. And say, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I like some um, translations say provoke one another. Yeah. What, what translation is that? KJV. Say provoke. I would like, how do you provoke? Let, let, let's, keep, let's keep encouraging ourselves. Let's keep motivating one another to, yeah, I like that. Provo let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So when am I enforcing it? When I'm saying it every Sunday, you know, reach out, you know, share this, share that. I'm provoking you to engage in good works. Let's stand up and pray. Father, we give you praise. 
just said to God, Lord, I want to be rich in good works. Give me grace. Give me grace. Give me grace. I want to be rich in good works. I want to show my gratitude to everything you're doing for me through good works. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to be rich in good works. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. If you're here, as I mentioned earlier on, and you haven't given your life to God, and I, and I, and I said, you know, you know deep in your heart things that you're still doing not in line with the word of God. I, I just want you to take a bold step of faith this morning. And give your life to God as the one who can take care of you. It's the one who can encourage you to go, do good works. It's the one who can give you power to do good works. So if you're there, if you want to give your life to God, please raise your hands up. Be, be bold about it. Be bold about it. Be bold about it. Just raise your hands up. Raise your hands up. Raise your hands up. I, I, I hardly, you know, ask people to raise hands up. This is just what the Holy Spirit is telling me now. If you want to reconcile with God, it, it, it's, it's a lifetime decision. It's a key decision. If you want to give your life to God, raise your hands up. Let me see your hands. If you want to give your life to God, if you want to give your life to God, raise your hands up. Raise your hands up. Raise your hands up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you for your daughter. Any other person? You just know you're not there yet. And you want to be sincere to yourself and to God. Who sees your heart? Who sees your heart? It's nothing to be shameful about. We all took this decision at one point in our life. If you want to give your life, the angels in heaven are rejoicing over your soul this morning because the devil has lost the plot. He has lost the plot over you. You're making the declaration publicly and you're shaming the devil and its kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to give your life, let me see your hands up. Let me see your hands up again. Father, we thank you for your daughter. We ask, oh God, that you will accept her. In the name of Jesus. Write our name in the book of life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Henceforth, we pray for power. We pray for the Holy Spirit that will guide our steps every of our way in the mighty name of Jesus. If you can just say this after me. Lord, I thank you for dying on the cross for me, for coming for the salvation of my soul, for the shedding of your blood on the cross. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I pray, God, that you will accept me. Write my name in the book of life. Forever, O oh God, take hold of my life. Make it beautiful. Help me in this journey. Let my life be useful. Give glory to you. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we'll pray. Amen. Amen. Lastly, um, let, let, let's just pray that Lord, the capacity, the grace, the enablement, the empowerment to do good. Lord, give unto me, oh God. I want to be grateful to you. I want to be 
a child that does according to your will, according to your law. Father, Lord God Almighty, plant in me a heart to do good in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name we'll pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.